you are listening to the gentle project podcast all about kindness and i am your host irene kartik today's guest and me share the same passion for kindness and i'm super excited to be talking to somebody very warm and very wise she is donna cameron the author of the book called a year of living kindly and she's joining us today all the way from united states so let's get talking good morning donna welcome to the gentle project podcast i'm delighted to have you today how are you doing today i'm wonderful irene thanks so much for inviting me i'm delighted to be with you it it is a pleasure to have you on the show donna uh so before we of course we are going to talk about kindness and uh, why we feel that kindness is so much uh important in today's context but before that it would be wonderful if you could share a little bit about yourself uh sure um i spent my career let's see uh, i know you're in london so maybe i can just geographically place myself i live in the united states in seattle washington in the northwest corner of the country and uh, i spent my career working with nonprofit groups and causes and that's really where i i think i saw kindness in action on a daily basis people who get involved in nonprofits whether they're a charitable nonprofit or a philanthropic or a trade and professional organization they do it as volunteers they don't do it for the money uh so they they volunteer their time and their talent because they believe in a cause or they have a vision of a better future and they want to work toward it that really was a, a a wonderful way to spend a career and it clearly influenced my interest in kindness i saw just what people coming together and being kind would could accomplish and then i also saw that a lot of people think kindness is is weak and it's insubstantial and and um when in fact it really does take a lot of courage so i i would say my career was a major influence on my desire to understand kindness and and why i'm here with you today that that's uh, inspiring in fact uh, that reminds me of your book a year of living kindly so was uh, your career a major influence or what was the inspiration for you to write the book i i've always just really felt drawn to kind people and uh it's not that a lot of people aren't kind but there are some people who just seem to have that as their default setting they know what to say at the right time and they know how to help people feel good and and they make an effort to improve the world and i i think for most of my life i settled for nice which i see is very different from kind so um you know certainly my career was was impetus but it was also just a desire to really focus on kindness and try to go beyond just being a nice person to being a kind person that's interesting in fact uh, 
that's a debate that is generally had uh, kindness versus niceness and sometimes a lot of us uh, kind of perceive that niceness is equal to kindness but what is your take on that well and i think you're right for some people the difference might be merely semantic they're both you know they sound pretty similar but for me nice has always seemed easy and safe it's doing the polite thing the expected thing uh it doesn't really involve any risk or stepping outside my comfort zone i can be nice to someone and still still make a judgment about them or or really merely tolerate them i can be nice and still get impatient and and remain indifferent uh i don't think nice asks me to take a lot of risk or expend any effort it's really safe and it's it's i see it as more passive where in my view at least kindness asks a lot more of me it asks me to su- suspend judgment about people it asks me to care about what the other person is getting out of out of our interaction and the, i think the other major difference is kindness kindness requires that i take some risk i don't know how my kindness will be um reacted to it might be rejected it might be misunderstood i might do it clumsily and embarrass myself or call unwanted attention to myself kindness makes me vulnerable in a way that i don't think niceness does i've sort of come to see kindness as a verb it it asks me to jump in to offer assistance to be intentional about creating an experience or an interaction um i don't i can't re- remain on the sidelines if i had to sum up kindness in two words they would be extend yourself that that's a wonderful way of putting it and of course i agree that kindness is definitely a verb and sometimes uh, people i think uh, take a step back uh, because of the fear uh, that how they will be perceived and sometimes uh, it it actually takes courage as you rightly said to be kind it does and during uh, while writing the book what were some of the insights while you did your research uh i i actually didn't start out with the intention of writing a book my my original intent back in um january of 2015 was to spend a year exploring kindness I, and i i started a blog because i knew that would sort of keep my feet to the fire um so i wouldn't let my intention fade if i if i blogged about it and invited a few friends to follow the blog i would i would uh be more accountable. So my original intent was just to share what I was learning about kindness and that was both from my own experiences of observing and and experiencing and paying attention and then also you mentioned research. I did a lot of research. I'm I'm kind of ner- nerdy, Irene, and I love doing research. <laughs> and also in recent years, it, only probably in about the last 10 or 15 years there's been a lot of good scientific research into kindness i think before that people thought it was sort of fluffy and not measurable and you know it sounds good but what really can we do about it where a lot of schools and uh scientific institutions 
started doing research about um, the health benefits of kindness or the business benefits of kindness. And there were lots and lots of research articles I could uh, I could look at that I found fascinating and, and shared with people through my blog. Um, it was about, well, only a couple of months into the blog that I realized I had sort of misnamed it. I called it a year of living kindly, uh, thinking that I would blog for a year about kindness and then you know, go on to something else where I saw really quickly that kindness was the path I wanted to walk for as long as I'm on the planet. So it wasn't something that I would just do and say, oh, well, that was fun. Now I'll, I'll learn to play the tuba or learn to speak Italian or something like that. Uh, so my, the question was really, do I want to continue blogging after that that year? And by that time, a lot of people had joined the blog and were following it and interacting with me. And uh, they encouraged me to continue blogging, but they also encouraged me to take what I had learned and, and write a book. And since I had written a book uh, earlier with, with a co-author um, about, uh, well, I guess it's been about 10 years now, I knew what I was getting into it and uh, thought it would be a lot of um, a lot of fun, actually. I, fun is a priority for me, and I love writing, so it seemed like a natural thing to do. Great. In fact, I, I see that you still continue to blog, and in fact, uh, I was uh, going through and reading some of the blogs. Uh, they were wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I still blog, although not nearly as... as uh, frequently or as diligently as I did in 2015. I was um, quite uh, obsessive about blogging at least once a week back then, and now it's maybe twice a month. But I'm glad that uh, I think the latest uh, articles I will touch upon uh, towards uh, the later part of the conversation. Uh, I also saw a, a very interesting linkage of kindness and curiosity. Uh, tell us a little bit about. Yeah, that was that was one of my many ahas during my years of my year of um, exploring kindness. Is that um, if we engage our curiosity, it's a whole lot easier to not be rude to someone and to be kind to them, uh, and it's sort of related to another uh, key. Uh, strength or skill of kindness, which is pausing. So often when somebody says something or does something that we perceive as an insult, and we immediately respond back the same way. If they say something rude to us, we say something rude back. But instead, if we pause and engage our curiosity and think, well, you know, maybe there's something going on that I'm not aware of. Or maybe this person is really having a lot of struggles in their life right now, and they didn't mean to respond this way, but that's how it came out. Or, um, you know, just, just is there something I don't know here? Uh, if we do that, if we engage that curiosity, it's really easy to say, I don't need to respond the same way. I can break this cycle of, of rudeness and, and maybe ask if the person needs help. So curiosity leads us to kindness very often. 
Yeah, I mean that's so cool. I am because yeah, a lot of times uh, when we engage with somebody uh, and uh, we are impulsive to react, I think the power of pause and also being curious why the person has reacted in a certain way can actually help uh, you know in our journey of kindness. So I found that very interesting. Changing tracks a little bit. towards the business context uh, donna and uh, what like how do you see the narrative around leadership and management uh, change because you work with different companies i know and boards do you see a change uh, or a shift in terms of the leadership you know earlier it was more of uh, there was a lot of authority but now we are moving towards a lot of compassionate collaborative and there there's a lot of uh, companies who are trying to adopt uh, a compassionate leadership style what is your view on that oh i think you're so right things really have changed recently and and largely for the better uh back at, when i first got out of college and started my first job my first full time 9 to 5 job it was the uh, the 1980s and at that time there was this pro- proliferation of books that came out about the need to be ruthless in business and they had titles like like winning through intimidation look look out for number 1 nice guys finish last and the the prevailing business philosophy that they were teaching was that you know profit was profit at any price was how you do business and words like cutthroat and ruthless they were viewed positively back then and then ideals like kindness and compassion even teamwork were viewed as soft and squishy and they just didn't have any place in a work environment and at that time managers believed that they got the most effort from their employees by bullying them and browbeating and coercion uh, i had a, my first uh, the president of the first company i worked for was like that and it was a really toxic workplace uh, and it had low morale and resentment and high turnover uh it just astounded me that that's how people believe they could get the best out of their employees uh and you would see it trickle down from management from the president of the company to the senior managers everybody was acting this way and then i very soon we saw that this faded because a lot of those companies didn't stay in business or they they were losing market share they were not succeeding on that cutthroat uh, management style uh so in response to that a lot of books were written about um the power of kindness and compassion in the workplace and how you get you create trust with your employees by trusting them by um being understanding and compassionate that doesn't mean you don't still enforce you know workplace rules and you don't expect the best of your people but you support them and now in recent years there's been a lot of research supporting that that um kind businesses are more successful and likewise kind business people are more successful but there's evidence that businesses with kind cultures are far more profitable and they're more productive 
they have healthier employees and who have fewer absences and much, much lower turnover. And then the employees themselves are more engaged and happier and healthier. And the whole atmosphere is one where collaboration and innovation are, are a lot more likely to flourish. So I've become convinced that in business, kindness really is your competitive advantage. That, that, that's right. In fact, uh, what comes to my mind is uh, or something that I read where kind leaders treat people as people. <laughs> so yeah. that, that stuck uh, with me. And, and I'm glad that uh, we are seeing this change uh, towards compassionate and kind leadership. I think uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yes. In fact, uh, right now, as you know, when I come to think of it, there's a contrast. Uh, when it comes to the business context, yes, businesses are kind of slowly shifting towards being more kind and compassionate. But we also live in interesting times with the constant chaos and noise that is around us, be it political environment, even as something, you know, even on social media for that, uh, you know. So how does one actually find balance and how important it is for us to remain kind during these times? Is it even possible? I know I've <sighs> added a lot of layers, but yeah. I was just thinking that we have business and then we also have the real world. Oh, and right now the real world is is pretty scary. I think... I think a lot of us are experiencing um, a lot of stress as a result of what's happening in the world right now. I mean, certainly the pandemic um, here in America, you and I are, are recording this two weeks before our election. Um, and this is the most important election I think our, com our country will ever face. And people all over, I, I think, are feeling anxiety and even serious depression as a result of, of what's happening. I think we're all, we're all exhausted and we're besieged. And I think that makes it all the more important to, to lean on the side of, of kindness. Um, with the pandemic, I think we've seen a lot of kindness in the last six, eight months, but we've also seen a lot of really bad behavior. And it's up to us to decide what we're going to support. Uh, part of that, I think, has to do with things like um, social media. Uh, you know, do we click on the salacious stories that, um, that you know, cause conflict and put people down and are negative or do we click on things that are positive and reflect a world that that we want to see uh, I often look at our clicks on in social media and you know Facebook and Twitter and all of those things as uh, as votes and if if we click on things we fuel them so I try to be really positive about what I post and what I like and, and what I even read. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of choices. Uh, right now, one of the things I, I saw in my research was that 
uh, incivility and rudeness are contagious. And I think that explains so much about what we're seeing in the world right now, especially here in America, but I think it's probably true in a lot of other countries. Um, when we are treated rudely or we see even just witness other people being treated badly, we're more inclined to behave that way in our next encounters. So um, there really is an epidemic of, of incivility going on. And I don't use that word lightly, given that, you know, the fact that we're also in the middle of a serious epidemic. Uh, but on the other side, kindness has been shown to be just as contagion, as contagious. Uh, if we see it, if we experience it, we're more likely to be kind in our next encounters. So I think even in the midst of all this, if we remember that we have a choice of which contagion we want to spread, uh, uh, whether we're, you know, we're on the highway allowing a car to merge or in a, uh, you know, a, a town hall meeting or a political rally or something, how we behave will influence how other people behave. So it's, it's just a, a really important choice that we need to not, will, not really just know it's our choice, but we need to actively choose how we want, how we want the world to be. That's so true. In fact, uh, the whole world is currently kind of uh, waiting for uh, the results of the American elections. Apart from that, I think each country is undergoing different kinds of changes in terms of the political stability. So, yeah, as you said, there is incivility, but there is always the choice to be kind. And in fact, uh, this the quote that I remember, if you want to be a rebel, be kind mm -hmm. uh, by Pancho. So... I think, uh, and of course, uh, kindness is definitely contagious and that's what we need to spread more kindness and leave a better generation for uh, let better tomorrow for uh, tomorrow's young people. Oh, that's so important. I've, I've been thinking about that so much lately because uh, I think most of us have some pivotal historical event that, that really helped mold them and create how they see the world. Uh, for me, it was the assassinations of John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King, all within a very short period of time. Um, for others in, in this country, it might have been the 9-11 attacks or Hurricane Katrina. Uh, for earlier generations uh, all over the world, it was probably World War II and the Great Depression. And I wonder if right now we're seeing one of those pivotal times for our children and grandchildren, with, especially with the pandemic. I mean, certainly the political and social upheaval too, but the pandemic is something they're going to be telling their children and grandchildren about. And I wonder what they're going to say. Are they going to talk about the yeah, the scuffles over toilet paper and the finger pointing and the bad behavior? Or are they going to talk about how their parents, um, you know, be, you know, they helped others and they stepped in and they followed, you know, good hygiene and social distancing and wearing masks and all those things. 
what are we modeling for kids right now? That that's a really important question. I think we we all need to ask when we're when we're out there advocating for what we believe and also responding to a really frightening pandemic. Are we modeling things that our children will be proud to tell their children about? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, when when uh, you read about World War II, uh, the greatest acts of some of the greatest acts of kindness were during those period, and there are stories that I I kind of uh, read through my research, and I really hope that the pandemic and uh, the children um, get to read all about kindness rather than the other scuffles and noise that surround I, us. Oh, I so agree, Irene. Yes. That brings me uh, to a very important question. So what in your view is needed to build a sustainable and balanced world that is compassionate Mm, such a good question. Uh, I think we need to really stop seeing our differences and start seeing, start paying attention to how much we have in common with one another. We really need to stop being afraid of, of what we don't understand or people who are different. And we need to start caring. I think it's up to each of us to recognize that um, I think I said this earlier, but it bears repeating. We need to stand up for the world we want to live in and, and we want our children and, and grandchildren to grow up in. Uh, remembering that we have a choice in every interaction and, and to try to be mindful as we interact with people, go into a new situation, have an experience that we have a choice here of, of spreading kindness. Uh, and it does take some courage we you know but also i don't think there's any there's any such thing as a small kindness sometimes when i talk about kindness people say things like oh i just don't have time my my schedule is so full i just don't have time to be kind well sure we all have time to be kind you know at Kindness is holding a door, it's smiling at the cashier, it's wishing somebody a good day, it's overlooking a slight, uh, it's allowing a car to emerge in front of us. Um, it's just all of these, I call them micro kindnesses. They're things that we choose to do throughout the day that make somebody else feel better and then they choose to do something because they feel good. But the thing about them is they're really easy to do, but they're also really easy not to do. We, we think, oh, you know, me holding, me staying for a second and holding the door for this person whose arms are full isn't going to make a difference or me um, allowing a car to merge or saying something nice to someone, but it does because that person feels better and then they do go do something kind. So it ripples out and out and out. And we don't know that our small act of kindness might not somewhere down the road uh, trickle into a, a large act of kindness, you know, one that really makes a huge difference in someone's life. So I think that's, if we can remember that, uh, it helps us make good choices. 
micro kindness i mean that is what is extremely important because a lot of times people associate kindness in terms of doing a big act of kindness it's absolutely it can be practiced with these small acts uh, of kindness and uh, that's what actually will cause the ripple so that, yes that's... so do you have any kind any personal stories where you experienced kindness that impacted you or something that has touched your life that you would want to share Oh, there are so many. Um, there's one that really struck me uh, because it pointed out for me not just the difference between kindness and unkindness, but the difference between kindness and doing nothing. Um, I was flying back uh, from to Seattle from Detroit a few years back, and um, I was in the waiting room waiting for my flight and they kept announcing delays you know there we were delayed by mechanical problems and uh, the flight just was continually delayed and the gate attendant who was making these announcements was just very professional and very um, direct and she said she would let us know as she knew uh, but she didn't have any more information and I saw people getting really upset. And I understand, you know, when you're in an airport and you're eager to get home or you're afraid you're going to miss an appointment or something, it's stressful. Uh, but they were blaming this poor woman at the at the counter and people were yelling at her and saying terribly rude things. And she was handling it very professionally. She was clearly very well trained in this. Uh, and I was just watching. And, and then when uh, there was nobody at the desk, I just decided to to go up to her and tell her how much I admired how how professionally and calmly she was handling this and I apologized that uh, some people were being so rude to her and just just I just told her I wanted to thank her for for handling this so well and I went back and continued reading my book and uh, maybe a half an hour later or so I saw her take a phone call at the desk and um, and then she did a few things on her computer and then she looked over at me and she crooked her finger for me to come up to the desk. So I did and she said, I've just learned that the flight has been canceled and we're going to have to reschedule everyone on different flights. Are you, um, are you flying just to Seattle? And I said, yes. And she said, well, good. I, I can get you a seat on a, an American flight that's leaving in 20 minutes at gate, whatever. And um, I, I, I can get you an aisle seat, which is my preference. And so she did all that and printed out my ticket. And I was just astounded. It was just so such a kind thing. And so she sent me off to my gate and then announced to everyone else that the flight had been canceled. And they, you know, they went in mass up to her her desk to be all all of them wanting to be the first one to have their flight rescheduled and i just it became so clear to me that if i had done nothing and just sat there and thought oh that poor poor young woman she's being treated badly um, i would be among that throng but just because i had chosen to say something with no 
motive of thinking I would get something out of it, I got a wonderful, wonderful benefit from that kindness. And that has stuck with me just because uh, it reminded me that not being unkind isn't enough. We really need to be kind. That's a wonderful story. And I bet uh, the, the lady at the ticket counter would have really felt uh, comforted by that there was somebody who actually saw through and came and took time to speak. I think yeah. sometimes that, that's all people need. And uh, that's a lovely story. So as we are about to wrap up the conversation, I wanted to ask you, do you have any recommendations of books that you, that people can read in context to kindness, compassion? Oh, oh there are so many wonderful books out there about kindness these days. Um, yeah, there's a, I'll, I can suggest two. One is a fiction book. Um, it's called The Rent Collector by a gentleman named Cameron Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. And I have to tell you, I almost didn't read this book because from the description, it sounded like it would be so depressing. But a friend uh, who's never steered me wrong about books enthusiastically uh, recommended it. And it's the setting is a, a municipal waste dump in Cambodia where the residents live at this dump and they eke out a living scavenging through the mountains of garbage. And I'm, I, that, I know how grim that sounds, but it wasn't at all. It was a really uplifting um, book. It was captivating and it was all about the compassion we have for one another and um, how connected we are and how we can support one another even in the worst circumstances the characters are wonderful it was beautifully written and the other thing it was was a love letter to books and words and and literacy it was all about uh, uh, a side story was a woman learning to to read and it was just oh it's a wonderful book and uh, I everyone I've recommended it to has said Oh, I thought I was going to hate it, and I loved it. Uh, and then a nonfiction book that I'm just—I've just picked up and started reading for the second time. It's not directly about kindness, although I see a lot in it. It's Elizabeth Gilbert's *Big Magic*. Uh, I think the subtitle is um, *Creative Living Beyond Fear*, and it's really all about how we can live creatively, not just if we're writers or whatever, but in everything we do and overcoming the fear that holds you back. And fear, I think, is one thing that really holds us back from being kind. So I really related to what she says about fear. And she has a wonderful conversational style and uh, does a lot of storytelling in the book. So I, I find it a lovely book. Lovely. Uh, I have not read the rent collector so i will pick it up even a love letter to words uh, elizabeth uh, gilbert yeah I've, I've read her books uh, but big magic i haven't got uh, my hands on yet so those are wonderful recommendations thank you donna oh, good so my last question is what is your best tip for making the world a better place oh gosh 
um, start where you are. Uh, just look around and look for where you can extend a kindness, however small or big it might be. I think we need, to, right now, we need to overwhelm the world with our kindnesses. Uh, and I think if enough of us recognize the difference we can make, that's, that's going to happen. It, it takes practice. Uh, there are going to be times when we fall short. I, I'm still, I'm no paragon of kindness. Believe me, I'm never going to be Mother Teresa or the Dalai Lama. But I find the more I try to extend a kindness, the closer I get to that being my default setting. And I think the more we practice, the fewer lapses we'll have. Uh, my hope is that pretty soon we're going to look around and see that kindness has become the default setting for enough of us that we really will have changed the world. Absolutely. And that is what I'm here for and oh. you are there for. It's, it's basically just amplifying the voice of kindness. And uh, I think kindness begins with the understanding that all of us will struggle. It, is, it won't be the same every day. But the conscious effort to making a difference uh, to somebody uh, in our lives, in our society, is, I think that's what can actually help the world heal a bit. <laughs> You're so right. Yeah. And I, the concept behind your podcast is just wonderful. And I, I hope you have lots and lots of people listening. Thank you, Donna. I really hope that uh, this episode reaches to many more listeners who get uh, influenced, even if it is just one act of kindness towards oneself or uh, towards somebody who's in need. I think that that's all it uh, matters. So thank you so much, Donna, for taking time out and talking to us today. Thank you, Irene. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. That was a lovely conversation and I really hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. There are so many takeaways from the conversation but uh, I would like to quote something by Rollo May which said, Human freedom involves a capacity to pause, to choose the one response towards which we wish to throw our weight. So I'm going to leave you with a question to chew upon. If you had the capacity to pause, to choose one response that can help us leave a better tomorrow for the younger generation, what would that be? I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and you enjoy listening to our show. It would be wonderful if you could leave us a review or a rating or feedback to improve the show. You can do so by writing to us at thegentleproject.kindness at gmail.com. This is a humble attempt to nudge the world towards a little bit more of kindness, compassion and all things that make us human. 
and if you want you could leave us voice notes through anchor so until next week stay safe and stay kind